Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Happy Wednesday. Happy December, my beautiful Busy Mumsies. Ash here. Ah, We are in the last month of 2023. I'm excited about it. I'm ready to say goodbye to 2023 and hello to 2024. And if you are following me on the Instagram, you know that I do not hold back my feelings about that sentiment. With that said, I'm excited about today. I'm excited to get on into it. Today, we are welcoming Becky Rabin onto this week's Busy Mumsy podcast. Becky is a business mentor, empowerment coach, founder of Get Lit, and author of You Are Powerful, The Secret to Everyday Manifestation. She is a trailblazer. I'm not going to lie. I actually met her many, many years ago. I don't even know if she's going to remember. We shall see. But um, she has been in the social media space, the personal training space, the wellness, the mentoring, all of it for quite some time. And for me, it's been really beautiful to just watch her journey applaud her journey and just see her really grow. She's a mama bear to one expecting number two. Like, I'm not kidding you. She's due anytime. Like she, she's could be due today on this podcast. I'm just kidding, but she is due very soon. So I think that I should stop rambling and we shall dive into this week's busy mumsy chat. Becky Rabin, welcome to the busy mumsy podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so delighted to meet you now in the motherhood stage because you and I, little do you remember, and that is A-OK, we met many moons ago, a lifetime ago, it feels like, in like 2017. Wow, that, yeah, that is crazy. I mean, we are different people now because we are moms, yeah. but like we are different people now having gone through a pandemic. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And everything, just even what we were doing then. It's so funny. We we're both doing similar things and now we're doing similar things yeah. in other ways. Yeah, in other ways right? yeah. Well, I actually do. I'm, I, I love to just dive on in. I just, you know, I'm a hook, line and sinker kind of gal. <laughs> I have to, I, I actually want to start back then. I want to go back to that your time as an influencer, because you very much were in the UK, kind of at that forefront of blogging and mm -hmm. the gal with the products and the go-to Instagram account to like, and you still are that, but like you were at the forefront at the yeah. time, like it was very much a niche and it was very new to a lot of people. So, so how was it for you as an influencer then shifting into becoming a brand strategist and a business mentor? Because that in itself is like, 
life and then a new child life, yeah. you know? So <laughs> I, I would think, love for you to kind of take us through it. It's funny because I look back at that time and I'm like, what a ride that was. It was such a wonderful time to be in the wellness industry then. It was all new, it was all fresh. There were so many events going on, obviously, as you said, like we met at an event and I was talking to a client about it earlier. I was like, I literally loved London then. I literally it loved booming. Booming. it. Booming. The wellness scene was booming. It was fun. You were meeting people all the time. It all kind of happened a bit accidentally for me. I was working in advertising. I had always had a really big passion for wellness and particularly like alternative methods of healing and the kind of more spiritual side of things, but also general wellness, fitness. Um, and I just started sharing, like, I don't even know how I got into it, but I just started sharing what I was learning about gut health. It was predominantly gut health. And back then I just did it for no other purpose than like I wanted to share I wanted to help others I was working with loads of young women which then made me fall back in love with my personal training and then that's when I think it just hit this this stage of like I was going to all these events I was personal training people I started to launch all my personal training stuff and like had an online wellness magazine and it that it felt like the industry was just running at that point all my friends were in the industry we were going to all of these events Naturally, the progression to, I guess, where I've got today is it is all been very natural progressions where I've just gone, well, that makes sense. I think I need to go here. And that was purely like with my background in marketing and like business advertising, as I was personal training and I was meeting all of these wellness experts in the industry, whether they were Pilates teachers, um, physiotherapists, not so much the spiritual stuff then, it was a lot more like the wellness kind of coaching. They were all coming to me saying, can you help me write my website copy? Can you help me do my branding? How have you set up your online coaching? How much are you charging? And when I started to run Alternatively Healthy, which was the online wellness magazine, we were hosting a lot of events and I was doing a podcast where I was speaking to a lot of experts. So I'd run panel events. I wasn't standing up as the expert. I was just interviewing. But over that time, I guess I just met so many wonderful people who then just were naturally drawn to the knowledge that I had in terms of marketing their business that it really naturally progressed into me then mentoring and consulting all of those wellness experts whether they were the, which then the industry changed even more and a lot of these wellness experts became life coaches rather than just I say just but often when you're a personal trainer or you're a Pilates teacher or you're any kind of practitioner in that front a lot of your clients are struggling with their mindset too so a lot of people were and they just naturally came to me and said, will you help me set up a podcast how have you done yours will you help me do my website copy you you're obviously you can like you that's what you're strong at and it just lent all my skills together and I think the fact that I then progressed my coaching as well with like doing the hypnotherapy and the RTT all just helped me understand my clients a little bit better in terms of what they offer and how they put themselves out there so it's been a really natural progression but also as great as that influencing stage was it was wonderful it was fun like it suited me at that time of my life where I was young free single independent and young and over the years I've just been a lot more like how do I want to provide for my family what do I actually really enjoy doing where are my skill sets and what naturally comes work-wise my way so it sounds like it's really random that I've gone from there to there but it has all just happened naturally what I have to ask because you were in you were in the world of the social media for for such a long time and it changed so much when it did start to change and trends were kind of questionable, did you find 
yourself still going towards like, oh, what 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 was what was trending, if you will, or did you feel that you were able to shift and move the way that you wanted to be and how you wanted to to speak? Yeah, I think like the second and more so for me, I was really passionate about that. Like I will itch the scratch for some of my clients and for myself that like in some respects you have to play the trend. You have to learn, you have to keep up with kind of what's going on because otherwise, unfortunately, the way that the world works now, social media back then was a case of like your videos would get 40,000 people watching them out of nowhere. And it's like, how? There was no algorithm. It didn't work like that. I think COVID hit my business at a really good time in the sense that I was, I'd built up authority outside of being an influencer. I'd built up like knowledge on building a business. It was all very time perfect for me, I have to say. And I had also got savvy on building. A thousand percent agree. A thousand yeah. percent agree watched the whole journey so I a thousand percent agree 100% I had created an online course and online workshops and it was right when everyone was at home and everyone was doing the work on themselves so my business really boomed during COVID and I really am precious about not building your business out of trends because if you build your business out of those trends then every six months you're navigating a change and you can't remain authentic and I I'm I feel like I'm a bit of a testament to the fact like I have a decent following it hasn't hugely grown over the, it's grown and I've lost some as I've evolved, but my clients come to me from recommendations. They come to me from other people I've worked with. They come from the authority. I think that I've built over the last seven to 10 years doing what I do. And I, I'm, I, I'll say motherhood <laughs> threw me into barely showing up on social media because I just, can't, I, I have to service my clients. I have to be there. For, like I was just like social media, unfortunately is the one thing for me that needs to kind of fall slow down a little bit and it hasn't it has it hasn't made a huge impact in the clients that I'm getting but it has in other respects so like programs and courses sell better the more present you are online and stuff but yeah I will say that I'm quite passionate about not building out a trend-led like trend-led algorithm-led business but if you enjoy the current trend that is going on at that moment in time and absolutely like get to know it and if you enjoy doing it then facilitate that in your business for sure. Well, not that motherhood is a trend. It is quite the lifestyle. The transition for you into motherhood um, with baby number two on the way. Congratulations. And um, just for the listeners, we, she is due in two weeks. <laughs> this recording is taking place two weeks prior. Um, so I'm very lucky. I'm very grateful that you said yes. But go back to, to baby one and that you are your own business, right? That is your business. That is your bread and butter to then fall pregnant, to go through that journey, to then go, oh, wait a minute. Well, my mat leave is based on me. It's not really, is there a mat leave? Not really when you're a business owner. So I would love to hear your journey to, to still maintaining how you juggled, how you handled the ups, the downs and all arounds of becoming a busy mother. I think that motherhood not me and I think you know what the one of the core reasons like this is really early on in my journey of talking about it I'm still very much figuring it all out and also navigating wanting to talk about it in the sense of it knocked me for six it was all I ever wanted was to become a mum at the pin like prior to becoming it was all very quick for me as well like I was single for like seven years um and desperately wanting that family unit but had built this very successful business that almost that like 
that was the missing piece of the puzzle for me. Like, but I just want, I don't care about any of this success. I love what I do for my work. I'm grateful. What I, I just want a family. And totally took for granted all the independence, freedom and time I had to be the best version of myself, which then obviously was all transpiring in my business too, because I was in the best probably physical, mental, spiritual, emotional work like state when I fell pregnant the first time. I was probably at the best of my game. My book had just come out. Like I, I felt like I'd achieved so much and motherhood knocked me pregnancy knocked me for six actually I really struggled mentally with the pregnancy and what I had a complete identity crisis my business wasn't necessarily functioning in the way that I wanted it to function outside of it all being me so I was like oh my god what am I gonna do when I do want to take some time off I do want this precious time and being really vulnerable and honest like navigating this journey is I think it's taken me he's 13 months 14 months now now to really be like who do I want to be and I think a big part of me was trying to push away that I was a parent and remain who I was the bits that I miss the most about being non uh, not not mum not a mum was the bit I took for granted was that freedom that time that independence and I think I struggled in my business to really navigate who I wanted to show up as and did I want to bring more of the motherhood side into my business or not and I think I kind of for a while pushed it away no I want to remain Becky the Becky that everyone knows like I don't want to go down that motherhood route a lot of inspiring words of wisdom and everything is perfect but I'm a completely different person I'm a completely different person. You and- posted, I have to chime in, Becky, you did this post in March and now I can't remember the date off the top of my head and I didn't write it down because that's my brain for you. But you did a post in March and it's you and your beautiful little boy and it's a black and white photo on your grid. And you actually started talking then about your mental health. Yeah. And it's a scary thing to put out there, right? Because you don't know what kind of judgment you might get. You've got such a loyal, big platform and you just don't know what, you, what you're what you going to get. And my God, I started scrolling through all the comments and I was like welling up and like, you really have an army around you, but it's wild that someone like yourself didn't like, couldn't come, you know what I mean? Like couldn't find those little moments of like, it's going to be like, it is okay to feel this and to put it out there. Because I also think I was really fighting and this is, there's no disrespect in this comment. It's just how I felt. And I think there must be other women who feel the same, who have run a business, who probably validated themselves a lot on their business, got a lot of their self-worth from their business and, and genuinely like enjoyed their business. I thought when I had a kid, I would never want to work again. And actually one thing I've really learned is I want to go back to work as quickly as possible because it fulfills me so much. I love it. But I want to work in a certain capacity. Yeah. Oh, and I love that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I cannot imagine not doing something because I want to show my daughter like, yeah, awesome too. Like I'm bringing the, I'm bringing the to the table. I'm sorry. I've been watching Top Boy. Um, <laughs> no, I'm bringing it. Like I'm yeah. also bringing to the table. I add value to this family. Right. And I was honestly the five, six months that I took off post baby, like, I was, I loved spending time with him, but I couldn't figure out why I was not ticking and like why I wasn't fulfilled. And it, and now that I've kind of come back into working, albeit two or three times a week, which is all I actually want. I, I, that 
makes me happy. But that's when my my partner's like, you are such a happier person when you've had a good day of work and everyone sees it around me and I am such a better, more present mum with Miles when I have him on the days I have him. And I'm like, no one's coming to see us. It's mine and his day. Like, And I am just way more patient. I'm way more fulfilled. It's just in my bones. I thought it was for validation and but it, it was just in my bones i think that post just came from a place of i tried to ignore i tried to almost go i don't want to become a mum that just talks about being a mum all the time there's nothing wrong yeah. with that but i was so pushing away no i'm not going to become one of those mums that just talks about her children all the time but actually when you're you become a mum your life completely changes you're just not the same person and i stopped resonating with wellness experts that i followed who weren't mums no disrespect but i was like Christ, like I used to talk about my morning routine, like I just don't have that hour anymore to dry brush and meditate. And it doesn't look like that. It looks like Teletubbies. And when he quickly finally goes somewhere for a nap, I will quickly meditate for five minutes rather than an hour, but I'll take it because that's what I've got right now. And so I started to realize that actually I just have to evolve into who I've become and own that there will be people who don't resonate with me anymore now that I'm a mum. But I am a mum of two running a business. I have to own, well, mum of two to be. I need to start owning that and sharing that story because there surely has to be other women out there who struggle with this, like, I want to work, but I also really want to be present with my children. And I've had friends be like, you've really surprised me. Like, you've gone back to work so quickly. Like, I don't get it. Like, I thought you were just going to be all in on your children. I'm like, I am all in on my children. He's my life. He's my world. I love him to pieces and nothing brings me more joy. But I also love my work. I love my business and I'm not prepared to give that up. I want to know your book. You are powerful. The secret to everyday manifestation. <laughs> as a mom and as an expecting mom to baby too, how have your eyes changed now going back and reading that book because your your world has to be flipped. Yeah. Do you know what has changed and changed again? And I actually think, again, this is a really important thing to note. 100%, if I was to write that book now as a mum, I think it would be written very differently because navigating being positive and attracting and putting yourself in a high vibration to attract what you want is far more difficult to do with children and the lifestyle that being a young like young mum in the sense of like early in your motherhood period I think it's carnage right so trying to a lot of that book is written about getting yourself into my version of manifesting is I want people to prioritize feeling good raising their vibration because the more you focus on that and you change your narrative around looking at things more positively and um, you have that time to work on yourself the more good you attract. That's how I position manifesting. I think there's lots of different conversations out there, but that book was very much written to give you the principles to raise your vibe in order to attract what you want into your life. I noticed that, so when I handed that book in, I hadn't manifested the family. That was the thing that I was like, I've manifested everything I want or like lots of things that I want in my life, but I haven't manifested the one thing I really want. So I went, I said to myself, I'm going to practice everything I preach when it comes to relationships and love in the book. And within two months, I met my partner within three months after that, we were pregnant. So I completely stand by everything that was written in that book helped me manifest the life I'm living right now with like with the baby and the husband. Nice. And like, <laughs> I say husband, he's not my husband, but hey, we're manifesting that. Um, <laughs> so 
I live by that book in the fact that I know it absolutely like I put it into practice in every respect because I was like I've got to preach what I'm practicing here like practice what I'm preaching here in terms like of relationships I was doing it everywhere else but in relationships I was settling for half-assed versions and for versions of what I didn't want I wasn't putting myself in the right spaces and the right headspace but what I would say is I think that you have to navigate I don't think that book accounts necessarily for how much harder it is to get yourself in a good vibration when you're a mum so um, when you're a parent, when you're a mum, like obviously it's very easy, it's not easy, but it's much easier to implement habits and rituals when you are single and you have the financial means and the time to prioritise raising your vibe. When you have a partner in the mix who might not think the same as you or have the same positive outlook in life or done the work that you've done, or then when you have a child in the mix that's not sleeping every night and you're absolutely exhausted and the last thing you want to do when you get up and wake up in the morning is meditate, even though it's the one thing that will probably support you, that's the only thing that I would say it doesn't really account for is that I think you have to change like now I have to find new ways of prioritizing my well-being that don't look like they do before. But on the flip note, I think there was a period where I looked back at that book and was like, no, it doesn't work for mums. Like it's, but then I actually look back and think during that time of my pregnancy where I was really in a bad headspace. And then three months after he was born, I was in a really good headspace. And then month three, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. That was probably when it's that. Put plummet, came right? Cause it takes it. I mean, it, it plummets. Like you, you think you're yeah. good. You're kind of like, it's like adrenaline, adrenaline. And then adrenaline. Yeah. Why have I dropped like further past the basement? Yeah. I think I'm, I was in like a massive love bubble. I found the first three months. I, I know people get really offended when I say it, but like I actually found them quite easy. We had a, I was very lucky to have a good bond. He was a good sleeper, um, which. I want to touch on something though. I want to touch on something. That is such a, a a wonderful thing to say that I found it easy. I know some people don't like to hear that. Well, you know what? You're you're allowed to say that you had it easy. I had a freaking easy pregnancy. Like, let me tell you, like the only thing I'm pissed off about is that my daughter didn't wasn't pulled out at 220 because she was her numbers are 02202020. And she could have been born at 220, but instead they said 218, Becky. No. Flip a table. Are you kidding me? So I'm like, everything was great. You're allowed to say it was great. Everything doesn't have to be murky and like awful. Do you know what I mean? For and I found that was one of the hardest things I found on social media is like it's a motherhood is a minefield. And if you you it dare is. say that you had a good night's sleep, like you're a bitch. No one no one like I actually posted once, like I feel really like grateful. Miles is when I say good sleeping, we was doing three to four hour stretches quite early on, which is good sleeping. And we, we like, he latched fine on me. We had no problem with breastfeeding. Um, I, I, I think where I felt so crappy in my pregnancy also, my pregnancy was e great. I physically felt absolutely amazing. Mentally, I didn't. So I think when he came, I then felt great because I felt like, oh my God, I felt like crap the last year. I didn't even realize I'm so grateful that he's here. But I've, I remember posting some stuff about that and people were like, disgusting post, unfollow. Like how unrelatable, like how do you think it is for me that's not sleeping? And I, ha I had, then I had people messaging me like, good luck, honey. Like 
no tired mum ever wants to hear a mum saying that she slept well. And I was like, but that's my lived experience. I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm not saying I'm a better mum and that's why it's happened. I'm saying I feel very grateful and very blessed. And I feel like I was living in this love bubble of like, this is my purpose. And then in month three or four, when I was like exclusively breastfeeding, I just think it all hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I can't do this. This is, I'm, I'm exhausted. And it, yeah, it, fi- it finally hit me. But then that's when I really realized that actually I'd lost faith in some of the stuff that I'd written in my book. If I'm completely honest, I'd lost faith in all of it. And then I was like, no, actually this just proves it. For the last year I've done no focusing on myself, no meditation, no, barely any exercise. I've not prioritized myself. I've been prioritizing everyone else. And I've actually been doing the opposite of everything I tell people to do in the book I'm beating myself up for it because I feel like I, sh- I know better. I wrote a book about raising your vibe and I'm not doing it myself. So then that's that added cherry on the top of beating yourself up. And I was like, no, but then that's why I'm feeling low vibe. That's why I'm attracting low vibe experiences. That's why my when I came back into work, I found it a harder than I ever had before to pick up clients again. And I was like, it's because I'm not putting in that high vibration. It's because at the time we were living in my boyfriend's mum's house as well to which I was so grateful for that we had that while we were renovating our place but I didn't have my own space I didn't have I was living in someone else's home we were living as a family of three in one bedroom like it was it wasn't what I was used to and I found it really hard to get in a good vibration like it cemented to me how important your environment is more than ever but that's when I then was like, actually, no, all of those things I'm not doing for myself. I'm not prioritizing me. And then when my friends are like, oh, what, you gave up breastfeeding after like five months. I'm like, yeah. And I did it very selfishly. I was done. I wanted my body back. I wanted to be able to exercise again. I wanted to be able to put myself first as a mum. And I decided that by giving him formula at five months rather than at 10 months or a year, for me, that made me a better mum because I had myself back. I had my space back. Giving up breastfeeding was like a game changer for me. And that's when I started to learn like everything I've been preaching in the book about you prioritizing yourself and your own needs and your happiness and your then you become the best for everyone else. But in motherhood, the narrative is you should give everything up to be the best mother for your children. You should cook them food from scratch because that's the healthier way to do it. And quite frankly, Ooh, I'm failing in that department, Becky. I am just failing. <laughs> yeah, but but do you know what? Like I was like, I'm spending half an hour making homemade meatballs for him to throw them on the floor, like until he actually enjoys food. He can have Fisher Price. Like, I don't care. Like he can have like whatever it is now. Like I stopped putting, and it was me putting the pressures on myself as a mum to do it all perfectly. Um, or like what friends were doing. And then I think when I just started to listen to the own words in my own book about prioritizing yourself and your vibration and what makes you feel good. When I started to be more boundaried about doing that, I became such a better mum and I enjoyed motherhood so much more. Yeah, I'm I'm actually glad now that I I had like no one ever says this that I had my child like right at the beginning of COVID because I didn't have anyone telling me anything because no one could get to. Yeah. Right. So it was like I didn't have all the extra chatter, no do it this way, no do it that way. So I it's wild to me because obviously we have now 
Firstly, we have discovered that, Becky, you'll be writing your second book, whether you like it or not. You are writing a second book, and this will be all geared for the mothers and your experience because you have lived it and you've learned you've learned from your own personal book in your own words. You're going to have to write a second book, so there. Yeah, I know. That's number one. That's something else to my plate. <laughs> well, why not? But you're smiling. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I can already tell deep down inside she's a oh, hard I love, I love writing books. Hard I love yeah. Right? And it's and it's you and your voice. And you've gone back to your own voice to find you again. And that is a freaking beautiful thing. It just is. Yeah. What what was it like for you allowing taking Miles to nursery and and handing him over into the hands of someone else? Because, you know, I I it is a privilege, I will have to say that, before someone gets all crazy and wants to flip a table because you're taking your child to nursery and I have a nanny. I yeah. have a nanny and if I would not be able to breathe, wash my hair the one time a week that I actually do. And so with that said, I, I, I came to Uganda, obviously, to be with my husband, but secondly, for help, for yeah. that privilege, that, that support that I never yeah. was getting where I was. For you, what was it like to, for that first time, handing over, if you will, to to lead Again. into allowing, allowing you time, allowing you time? Controversial, because I feel like I was the odd one out in my like NCT group. I loved it. I was so excited to drop him off at nursery. I, I yeah, <laughs> simple answer. We went off. When, when, when Rowena, the nanny in London, showed up, I had her three times a week. She would show up at 7.30 in the morning. I'd give her the biggest hug and cry, and then I'd go lock myself in the bedroom. I think more women need to know that it's okay to say that. I don't think I don't think some, I don't think some mums aren't saying it because they don't. I think some, well, a lot of the mums in my, like, in my little community, they really struggled with it. They, I don't, again, this might sound controversial, I think it's because I was... I love my job. I'm, I was looking forward to going back to working with something that I love to do. Obviously, I work with a lot of women who hate their jobs and want to have a better job. So if you're going to ask them, would you rather be at home with your son or go back to a job that you hate, they're going to pick, I'd rather be at home with my son. So I think that has something to play in it is that I was really looking forward to getting back to being able to work, but also like to be able to just look after myself. And also, again, he walked into nursery smiling. He loved it. He had the best time. So for me, I was like, again, I felt very blessed. If I, I did have a week where he was like, not himself, just going through a stage poorly. Every time I dropped him off at nursery, he screamed and cried. I hated it. I got in my car and I, I found it really hard. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel so guilty. But then I think where I've done a lot of um specifically when I became an RTT therapist and I did a lot of work around child development and child psychology I think I actually just tune into more of this is so good for him he is meeting new people he is becoming social he might find it quite traumatic right now in a moment today but like last week he went in smiling this is all character building for him and I think when I made it less about me and focused on him as well I, cry, I got upset for five minutes when he was crying and I was like, okay, now I understand why a lot of women and a lot of mums do struggle to drop their child off at nursery that's screaming and crying and they like feel awful because I hadn't experienced that. But I'll be honest, after 10 minutes, I was like, he'll be fine. And I just, yeah. I love those days. I love 
yeah, I feel bad saying it, but I absolutely love that he goes to nursery. I love those two days that I get to myself. He comes back the happiest little bean. He has the best time. And it, nothing makes my day more than when I pick him up and he comes running to the door, smiling for that cuddle and grabbing mummy. I like, it's the best feeling in the world. But in that first day of nursery, I was like, thank you, finally, some freedom. I, I, that's how I felt. And you're allowed to feel that. And I'm, I'm, I, I love that you're okay that he's going two times a week. I, my daughter is in a KG3 program and she goes five days a week. And after this particular week, they no longer have like after school club. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do with her? What are we going to do? Like, she's a bit cow. old. Right? She's a bit old. That, I mean, she's, she's three and a half. Yeah. In all fairness, he has nursery two days a week. And then I'm very, very, very lucky. Both grandmas have him. Well, like one grandma has him on one day a week. And other grandma comes up to spend the day with us. She doesn't miss, and if I want to go out and pop out, she'll have him for an hour here, there and everywhere. So that is essentially four days that I have help. And I couldn't do it without it. And I don't know how women do it without it. And I totally understand, like financially, not everyone can afford to send their child to nursery for two days a week. But honestly... We've been renovating a property. Again, very grateful to be doing that. Uh, I've obviously put ourselves in a position where we can do that. But like nursery was a stretch for us at one point when I hadn't been working for six months. And we were just living like I living off my savings and the, bit, the money that my business was making compared to what it used to make. It was a big decision. But I'm like, I really believe in you free up that space. You, you grit to find that money for that support network. You are able to then make more money elsewhere or, right. or even I have friends whose children go to nursery and they've gone back to work and their salary pays for nursery they don't get anything out of it but they're like I get my freedom back I get a slice of my old self back so I totally would but I'm very very lucky that we have the help from the grandmas too I'm very lucky on that front because that saves me two days of having to pay for nursery as well but if I didn't have that he would be in nursery three or four days a week for sure yeah, I have to say that what we do, I, I live in like a big apartment complex. There's like four of them within the, the unit and there's lots of kids and we just all rotate. Yeah, We just rotate from apartment to apartment and it's like a merry-go-round here and it just helps out because everyone's kind of like, well, what are you doing today? Or no, what are you? Okay, I'm going to go do this. So it's like, it works out, but we're not like, it, it in Uganda, it's not like, you know, the, um, the, the, the natural history museum is not around the corner and you can't just walk somewhere. It's a yeah. little, it's a little less developed. We're about yeah, 15 years old. Put it that way. And I'm but saying I that, nice. that don't, I have friends that can financially afford the help. They yeah. choose not to have the help. And there, some of them are eight, like, they've got, um, I don't know, an 18 month old and a two and a half year old or three year old and they're at breaking point. And I'm like, get help. You can afford it. Well, I feel like a bad mum. I'm like, but you're not being a best mom because you're not in your best headspace. There's that such what I found when I moved here. Nail on the head. Yeah, there's such a narrative of like, I'm a failure if I get help or I want to be their only and it's like you're you're setting I have a friend who recently just allowed herself to kind of have that help and like she's glowing again. And she's like after eight, her, her baby's 18 months, she's just stopped breastfeeding. And she's like, oh, like, I have freedom. I can go out for longer than an hour because he can have a bottle, like, because he also wanted. And I was just like, why have you waited so long to do this for yourself? And I, and I think that may be the reason I am a little bit more like, a, 
cutthroat when it comes to my happiness is because I was there before I had the baby, before I had Miles. I think I in, in doing the book, I had really prioritised my self-worth and myself myself to be the best brothers. But I think that that headspace was, it wasn't something I necessarily needed to learn. I already knew that I'm at my best. He will be at his best. If I prioritize, if I lose myself in the process to be there for everyone else, I'm not going to be the best. I'm not going to shop the best for him. And I think that I was because of the work that I do and the knowledge that I have and the experience that I have and like the courses that I've done, I do think that's helped me slightly but that's not to say that I haven't had, like, I would say only in the last few months, funnily, like this pregnancy, I have felt really creative and really in a good headspace. And I think that just accounts for, like, my hormones are obviously different this time. We're having a girl this time. He was born. I don't know. But, like, I do think that a lot of the depression and the, the darkness was just that pregnancy and that time of my, my life as well. Like, I think every pregnancy is so different. Or at least right. it feels so right. different. And when it, you will be having a baby girl so, so soon, mm. what, I, and I know it's hard to prep and it's like, how, you know, there's more books to read and yada, yada, yada. Do you have like little milestones? Do you have like a little bit of a game plan or a better understanding of how you want to go into your journey with baby two and Miles glowing yeah. that he's sister 100% think I want to I want to for sure like savor that newborn stage a little bit I think you're so keen to get them through all the milestones with the first baby I was like I want him crawling I want him walking as whereas like I love the newborn stage so I kind of want to savor that a little bit but I also really weirdly feel like this time when you're a first time mum that newborn stage is like whoa what has happened to my life like it has turned upside down I don't have the freedom like life just felt completely different to me with Miles and then as they get older I think they get harder and easier in different respects but overall I think working to naps working to the gets a little bit more tricky right so for me I'm almost a little bit like I really want to make the most of that time where hopefully she sleeps a little bit more and obviously I won't be sleeping through the night. But for me, I just I just want to enjoy that earlier stage a little bit more. And if that means that I can take on, I might, if, if I'm very much like seeing how it goes, but I've, I've created the space that if in two months after having her, I feel ready to work, I might work one or two days a week or just even one day a week. And then free up the time when she's five, six months old and isn't in nursery yet or to then not work. I think I found the five, six, seven month mark really difficult with Miles because they're just because of the attention and they need, but they're not quite ready to go to like soft play and stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think this time it's just really savoring that newborn stage, being a little bit more boundaried about what's important to me as well in terms of we had loads of visitors with miles at the beginning because I just felt like I had to please everyone I was allowing other people's advice in terms of motherhood like grandmas and stuff to tell me what to do and how to do it I feel like this time I actually just really want to like intuitively make my own decisions um but I'm really looking forward to him having a sibling I'm scared I'm scared for him 
I'm scared for how his life is going to change in the next two weeks. And I'm scared about my relationship with him. I absolutely adore him. And already, like, there's conversations of, well, Miles can come and stay at Grandma's one night a week on a Monday night. I'll pick him up from nursery and then I'll have him on the Tuesday. And I'm like, I don't want to lose that one-on-one time that I have with him. So I'm I'm nervous about that transition for sure, like making sure that you're the best to both of them. Well, I know that that mommyhood is at the top of the list, but as you are an entrepreneur and you're very business savvy, what do we, what for you are your hopes, your dreams over the next five years? Aside from being the best freaking mom ever, you will be, you are, there's no worries there. So we put that to the side. I'm not going to say this is the selfish talk because this is like the good meat and potatoes about a human being who also loves to work. I applaud that from Uganda. What for you is going to make you tick and what you want to see in the next five years? Unapologetically, you owe no, I'm so sorry if this offends someone. <laughs> yeah, next right. time I say like, sorry if this offends someone. Because I've been pregnant <laughs> or breastfeeding or new mum for the last like two and a half years straight, I feel like I didn't, there was only like five, six months between the two of them. I'm actually at the moment really looking at like next year in the year after and I've said to my partner, like, I just need this to be the years where I like focus on myself again. Like I know how I felt before I had a baby and my headspace, how I was driven, like, and how that, how that proceeded in my business. Um, that like next year for me and the year after is all about how can I, how can I navigate this balance of self-care as a mum of two, but also prioritizing, like, I want to get back in the gym. I miss working out and exercising was such a huge part of my life. And for the last two years, I've barely moved, um, which has surprised me as well being pregnant. I really thought I'd be that like fit and healthy mum that, but no, I haven't been. Um, I really want to get back into like my wellness, just my like mental, physical, well-being, spiritually, emotional, that's next year's plan. And then really navigating what does my business look like as a mum. I think I've been in this like identity crisis for a year, but my book came out, it felt like it was like up here. And then I kind of had to pull away from everything by becoming a mum, which I wouldn't change for the world because that was all I wanted. Um, But I feel like moving into the next few years, it's really about finding a business now that I know I want to work and help facilitate mums more and discuss and navigate that. But I really am consciously thinking about what that actually looks like and feeling more called to talk about this, like pull between running a business and also wanting to be very present for your children. Like definitely for me, um, I have to look at a lot more that I have created a business where I can work two or three days a week and then still be with my children at home. And I will never change that. I don't want to work full time. I want to continue facilitating my business, but I've just launched um, this company called Alt House, which is essentially like strategy, branding, um, like everything for a wellness expert. So growing that in the next five years would be really key for me. But just, I, I think honestly getting myself back to feeling like half the version of who I was whilst also embracing that I'll never be that version again. So who is the new Becky? Um, so I think maybe the next five years are more of a personal thing for me. And then hopefully, however that transpires in my business, um, it will transpire. Maybe a book number two, we'll hope. Well, I firstly think book number two will happen. <laughs> that's already written up there. I I hope you feel good talking more in the mom space. 
because it really like you have a lot to say and you have a lot to say in with no need to be apologetic for it yeah. because you've 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 gone through it you've 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 earned your stripes if you will and baby number 2 is on the way and you're so educated prior to that on manifestation and you've written the book and you you have helped so many people so it's like it's just another like notch in the belt right yeah, so, and I'll be honest, I think it's it scared me. I've really avoided the mum space. And it wasn't until like a month ago that I said to Matt, I said, I think I need to just own this. I'm a mum of one and I'm about to be a mum of two in under two years. Like surely the experience I've gone through, plus the knowledge I already have to support people, there has to be, there has to be something to share there and help because other mums must surely feel like me. Like this battle between business and motherhood whilst also wanting it all, whilst also being unapologetic about the fact that yeah I, like there has to be so it's been really lovely to be able to talk about it and I guess I need to talk about it well, welcome to the mom swimming pool we're all <laughs> fabulous and trying to figure it out <laughs> thank you Raven thank you so so much for thank your time you. your energy and my gosh you're gonna have a baby girl in two weeks I can't even handle it mm-hmm. I have a feeling that this podcast is coming out in two weeks <laughs> really so my c-section's on the 7th so maybe it'll be around um, this. It's probably going to be around the seventh. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm quite oh, excited. Lovely. Oh, thank you so much, Becky. You have a glorious day. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes. Oh, the enthusiasm! I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia.